I don't know if there's a person alive that has not felt the weight of those words. What those words do to us through circumstances and situations. Title this morning's message is Forsaken. Forsaken. I think all of us at times have felt absolutely forsaken. Been in the ministry a long time, been pastoring a long time, and maybe, can't quite say this for sure, maybe the top question I always get is, why did God let that happen? Why does God permit this? Why does God permit that? And a lot of that comes from the unsaved, but you'd be surprised how much comes from us, from those who are called and those who know. Forsaken means to leave helpless. You've been in situations and circumstances beyond your control, beyond your strength, beyond your education, beyond your finances, beyond your ability, beyond your giftings, beyond your talent, beyond your Bible knowledge. You feel helpless, left helpless, totally abandoned, utterly forsaken is those words. And we're going to look at them. Even David, the great king, Psalms 22, 1, he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? Felt that? And from the words of my roaring, his roaring, the word of God says. That word warning means a distress cry. Help me! Why are you so far from helping me? Suffering, anguish comes into all of our lives. Every family here, every person here, no matter what your age, no matter what your sex, anguish, suffering. It feels like a, a desertion by God. When we are overwhelmed by distress, it's like the climax of our suffering is to feel abandoned. And then David yells, oh, my God! David had no clue that those, he was prophesying the words that the Lord would use. But you can see that, and I'm sure that you all have been in that position. You feel, you feel absolutely desertion by God. When overwhelmed by distress, it's like the climax of the suffering. Misery is abandoned, forsaken, helpless. Psalm 10.1 said, the psalmist said, Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Folks, people being pressed out of measure, trials, situation, unexplained things. The psalmist says, Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? I'm constantly bringing this before you, Lord. I don't understand. Why haven't you answered? Why have you permitted this horrible thing? Why don't you intervene? So the psalmist asks that question well known to all of us who follow God. Amen? Isn't that true? You have these things that go over and over and over in your mind. You can't figure it out. 
the concern and sometimes anxiety over the seemingly inactivity of God. Don't you care what happens to me? No, unless you're going to pretend, I know I'm speaking to all. Unless you pretend you've got a nice big S on your chest and you're super Christian. But I think we're all, the psalmist felt that God was afar off and even at times it seemed to hide himself in times of my trouble. Have you felt those feelings? Have you cried out to God and maybe you're going to tell me, well, I've never said that, but I'd have the feeling inside here and here you have many times. Elijah as well, the great prophet Elijah. 1 Kings 19, 4, it says, But he himself, when trouble came upon him, went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a juniper tree or a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, It's enough now. Lord, take my life, for I am no better than any of my fathers. We have heard people, and recently we have just heard people who have been in the ministry and they're just, marriages are being ripped apart, not because the love has stopped, but all the stuff that goes on. The person said, you know what, I can't take this. Elijah goes on in verse 9 in New King James. He says, And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What are you doing here, Elijah? This great prophet, the power that came from him. So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant tore down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Guilty of that. I'm like, Lord, nobody wants to hear anymore. People don't want to be stirred by the word. They're annoyed by the word. No one wants to come to the house of God anymore if they have time. And so you just kind of like feel like this and you feel like you're, you're all alone. I alone am left is the words he says. Now we know that's not accurate, but it certainly reflects how Elijah felt. Haven't you felt like that at times? Alone? No one cares? Not a phone call. Even back when he confronted people at Mount Carmel, Elijah said, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. You find that in 1 Kings. Elijah felt that, and he went a day further in the wilderness in his journey, away even further out into the wilderness because he felt alone, helpless, abandoned, deserted, forsaken. Why would God do that to me? Why does God let that happen? Discouraging times make God's servants, you and I, discouraging times make God's servants feel more isolated and alone than we really are. Don't they? Abandoned and forsaken. 
Well, I'm going to take your absolute quiet as a, a hearty amen, because I believe this is true in all of us. And if you came down here and told me to my face, looked right in my eyes and said, not me, I've never been, I've never felt alone, I've never been, and I'd still go, <laughs> it happened even to our Lord. To me, this fact this proves that he was all man. Didn't have a little God switch that he could get through the accusations and the betrayals and the crucifixion. A little switch with a dial that he can turn up his God dial and just get through this. No, he went through it as a man like you and I. Senses, feelings. You know, on the ninth hour it says that he also cried out, My God! My God. Why have you forsaken me? Remember that? Just to stir your memory a little bit, I want you to watch this. Clip. Never gets old. These clips of the Lord and what he's done for you and I. Turn it up. I hate quiet. At that point, God the Father regarded God the Son as he were a sinner carrying all the sins of the world. As the Apostle Paul wrote, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And at that point, he went, my God, he felt what you feel. And what you go through. At some point before he died, before the veil was torn in two, before he cried out, it is finished, that spiritual transaction took place where he carried the sins of the world. And God the Father turned. God the Father laid upon God the Son all the guilt and wrath of our sin deserved and he bore it himself perfectly totally satisfying the wrath of God for us and what do we do mankind humanity blame God for everything how could you let this happen why is there suffering all that goes on in the world Divorces, tragedies, unexpected deaths, prolonged illnesses, on and on and on you could name things. Totally, completely. All this crazy stuff that's going on now. Why do you permit this to happen? Why do you permit people to suffer? I have known people and talked to people and could not turn them around that shook their fist at God because someone died that they loved. Blame God for it. Okay. Now let's look at Satan. In John, John 8, verse 41, there's this communication going on that says, you do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, what, what, 
We were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my words, Christ said. Verse 44, listen, I know you know this, but I don't know if we listen. You are of your father the devil. He's saying to the lost. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and a father of them. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe. Now tell me we're not crazy. I mean, we really need to have that run into the wall ministry. If you've been coming here, you know what I mean by that. If you haven't, sorry. You will take off and run into that wall over and over and over. Because it's insane how we are so easily convinced by the liar. There's no truth in him. So when he comes to you and says, God hates you, there's no truth in that statement. Your response is, yeah, I know. You agree with him. When Christ comes and says, I love you, you go, I don't. You might as well run into the wall. It's, it's so crazy, this, this carnal, lousy nature that is in us looks at total truth and says, liar, you're lying to me. Looks at total liar and says, I believe you. So those words that anonymously came and out of the dark and drifted off, we believe in every one of them words. God, why'd you? Why? I don't understand this, God. Why did you? Genesis 3, verse 16, New Living Translation. After Adam and Eve blew it, then said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch at a living. It's cursed, listen, because of you. Do you know what Adam means? It means humanity. cursed because of humanity. It's cursed because of us. 
It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Now, we're attacking lies this morning. In case you're not understanding, I hope you are. Because, man, we have all felt that way. The sudden death of a wife, of a husband, a child. A phone call from the state police. Your child, your husband, Route 70. Romans 5 tells us this. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. And death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The principle of death was introduced into the world when Adam sinned, and it has reigned on earth ever since. No one has escaped death yet that I know of. Every grave is mute evidence to the spread and reign since the time of Adam. Death, ushered in by humanity. Listen, it was my sin and your sin that has caused this world and life to be filled with suffering and heartache. All the divorces, all the childs that have died, all the handicapped, all the drunkenness, all the drugs. Because of my sin and yours. This is what we have accomplished on our own. This is what you and I have achieved. Separated from God. Who loves us. And we blame God. You see how the liar's been at work? Because people do. They blame God. They don't have a clue. Even us, church folks, we do understand that God is all-knowing. Right? Right. So God says, choose this. And you will bless, you'll have life, you'll have... We say, nope. We're going to choose that. And because we choose that, it's like the Pandora box effect. Everything that was never supposed to happen happened. From the day that you disobey me, you shall surely die. Ah. Open the box. Death, disease, AIDS, cancer. Name them. Everything. Rebellious heart. Hatred. Wars and rumors of wars. Now, do you think your all-knowing God didn't know that was going to happen? Of course he did. Of course he did. So what do, you, what do you think he did? What was God the Father's plan? When you and I look at God and accuse God and blame God, why this suffering, why this, when you caused it, we caused this, and God, for his unbelievable love for you and I, sent his son 
to reboot our mess. And we sit there and we say, God, why have you forsaken me? We're like, what? What? <laughs> Look, what was that? Let me back up to that one verse. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Okay, that's simple enough. For I proceed forth and came from God. Now look, look, Christ said, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. God the Father said, there ain't going to be nothing but turmoil, heartache, forsakenness, abandonment, divorce, early death, struggles, addictions. You've got to go. He sent his son. We're sitting there going, why would God let this happen? Oh, my gosh. Where would we be if he said, hey, they made their bed. Let them lay in it. You see how trickster and sly the end. We're blaming the one who came with the answer. It, we're, that's all running into the wall. Luke says this about the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Look, because he, God the Father, hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me. Because you're all messed up. Your thinking's all twisted. Hundreds and millions of alcoholics and probably triple that of drug addiction and divorce and child abuse and wife abuse and spousal abuse. Just on and on. And God is saying, he has anointed me to preach this gospel. He has sent me to Heal the brokenhearted. Those of you who are feeling forsaken and abandoned by God, God said, the Father sent me just for you. And the enemy lies to you and spins you, and you're going, God, why have you forsaken me? He hasn't. If he wouldn't have come. But he came for you. And for me, to preach deliverance to the captives, you can be captivated by circumstances, thrown in a jail, in a dungeon, worse than Pastor Saeed, and be ate up with bitterness and hatred because something didn't happen like you thought it should or somebody didn't react properly, whatever it is. Father says, I will send my son with the key to deliver those captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And if you're sitting there wallowing in all that abandonment, forsaken, helplessness, and blaming God, God said, I've come to give you sight. That you see, oh, it's not me. I didn't do it. 
I've come to give you life. Because we chose, things start to run in place. We now age. We now get sick. We now get diseased. And we now die. And God will let that run its course because that's what you choose. But he gave us an alternative plan. And he sent his son to tell you that plan. That good, I have good news for you who are abandoned, forsaken, lost, doomed, and are the walking dead. I have come to give you life. But again, he tells you, you have to choose. And the enemy is screaming at the masses who don't understand and probably 80% of the church who go along with the masses and blame God. The one who came with the answer because he loves you. Why would God, how, what are you, no, 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 no. You're sick and you have things growing in your body that shouldn't be because we chose sin to roll over us. Sweet family could just be driving somewhere and some blasted drunk person come up and take them all out and there's not a scratch on him. God didn't cause that. We caused that when we opened that box. Who opened that box? I didn't open I wasn't even born back. What does Adam mean? Humanity. God said, well, that tree there, just leave it alone. All this you can't. No. Opened it up and had all forsaken, abandonment, helplessness, divorce, tragedies, heartaches, and flying out. God the Father said, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. Sending my son. Look that phrase up. He sent me. It's all over the place. He sent me. Why? To help this guy. He sent me. How come? Because this guy can't, he can't find his way out of a paper bag. He needs help. He thinks up down. He thinks we're causing this. Open the eyes of the blind that they may see. John 6, says, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me. They're all over the place, and I think we just read over them. Well, he's so up there, he don't have nothing. The man upstairs, he don't know what's going on. What are you talking about? He sent his son who knew no sin to become your sin. So when you are in forsaken mode, Helpless mode, there's a light of the gospel of hope that comes into your life. The answer. Unless you are sold on believing a lie. John 16.33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world... You're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said that you might have peace. Your peace only comes when you surrender to God. God doesn't snatch you out of everything with his miracle. One, bing, 
didn't get you out of that. Oh, that almost happened. Bing, get them out of that. No, 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 it's not the way God works. It's the way you want him to work. That's not what he does. He said, you will have peace in me through that. Through this mess you caused. That we caused. I'll be that peace. How? How can you possibly be the peace of all? The Lord said, "Uh, I've overcome it. I can't overcome it. I can't overcome myself. He overcame the world. All that's in the world. All that's going on in the world. All the heartache, all your heartache that the world has caused means to conquer. He's overcome it. He's conquered it. It means to carry off the victory. I actually carried off this victory. I did it. What he said on the clip that we saw after thinking, forsaken! And then he said, what? It's done. It's accomplished. It's finished. I did it. I have victory. We can follow Jesus as people. Yet yet we can deny that peace. We deny ourselves that peace. We gain the peace of Christ offered by finding it in Him. In Him. There's no other way. Not in the circumstances. It's not even in the deliverances. Sometimes they don't come the way you and I think. It's in him. Jesus said that in me, you may have peace. Not in the world, not in the circumstances, not everything that comes your way that shouldn't come your way. I'll sprinkle fairy dust on it and everything will be okay. No, no. He said in me. You might have this peace. Look, knowing that Christ has overcome the world. Now listen, don't miss this. Knowing that he has overcome the world brings us this good cheer. See, we don't even understand that little word. That good cheer, that's the foundation of our peace that is in him. You go, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that I love him and trust him. That's what he's talking about. Not the Thomas. Yeah, well, when I see it, I'll believe it. I don't understand why he's done this to me. I've done nothing but preach the gospel for 40 years and try to help everybody. Why did he let this happen to me? When your peace is in Christ, it comes from trusting and knowing that Jesus is in control. Another beheading? I'm so glad Christ's in control. I don't know. You're going, why? Why would he let them do that? He didn't. Humanity opened that box. It's worldwide. Them dudes are so blind, they think they're doing it for God. 
Have you been so blind? You blame, you, you blame God for your situation, for your circumstances, for things not working out, for the divorce, for the children, for the separation, for the heartaches, for the tragedies, unexpected phone calls. What? What? So knowing that Christ has overcome the world brings us this good cheer. It's the foundation of our peace. It's in him. You cannot, look, look, this cannot be a theory. It cannot be just Bible head knowledge theory. That will not carry you. That will be blown away quickly, quickly. It's our peace in him. We see that Jesus is in control. We see that although he leaves, he doesn't abandon us. It's truly by faith. There are so many times I've sat in my office and said, God, if you'll just come in, pat me on the back and say you're with me, I'll make it to the end. Just kill the lights, Patrick. This is where this message has come from. I've spent many lonely times in my office. Nice and loud, but you and I started sin in its motion. We started the motor of sin and have been filling it with the gas to keep running. You and I have done this. And as I look at that, my heart breaks because of I can see real lives in all those situations. And then as it would build and go faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. And that's what's happening in our world. And it was like God the Father said, we got to go and stop it. And he sent his son to stop it. Not to cause it. But that through your hardening, you have a place to run to. That you can gather that peace in him. Even in the midst of this chaotic world. Let's stand. I need my band. I don't know the real title of this song. I don't know if it matters, but... It's a Hillsong song, and all I know, it has that word, rescue me. I called upon you, and you rescued me. Now, look, I know that the enemy is a gold medalist deceiver, and every one of us in this room can be deceived by the enemy and what has gone on in our lives. And heart tragedy, I know that terrible things have gone on in your lives and the enemy wants you to focus it on God and say, why did you do this? God wanting you to know this morning, no, no, I didn't do it. I've come to stop it. I've come to give you life. I have come to take this hurt. I have come to give you strength when you have no strength. I have come to lift your head when you can't.